All right, family, it's the time you've been waiting for. Senior Talk with Claire Hubbard, your resource and information show for people getting better with age. Well, we got to take a break, reset ourselves because we know the city of Chicago, as I tell people, is jumping. I have interviewed candidates for mayor, candidates for aldermen. Now we want to bring on two people who are deeply connected into engaging our citizens to vote and respectively from their organizations. First of all, let me say my brother, Damon Smith, is joining us, Reverend D, I call him. He has been in this political arena for more than over 25 years with his family and mother. They've made many community uh, partnerships happen. So thank you for being with us. He has a new title, y'all. And all I can say is his name, cityofchicago.org. Boom, how about that? And then joining us today also, let me tell you, I was on the wire. I made it happen. We wanted to have, of course, Charles Holiday from the Board of Elections. But guess what? We got Max, who's going to handle it just as well and be more as, not more, but as informative. So let's do this. Everyone, you're going to have questions and comments. I'm just going to say do this. Please put them in the inbox to us or to our senior talk email. We'll share with you later. But we want you to be on the receiving end to hear this information from two people who can make your voting experience a lot more easier. Everyone stay tuned. See you talk with Claire Hubble. We'll be right back after our opening. All right. Welcome back to Senior Talk with Claire Hubbard. This is a special edition. This is the Voters February 28th, Please Get Out and Vote edition of Senior Votes Matter, brought to you by Senior Talk with Claire Hubbard. Let me say, I had to get these two gentlemen on. There's a new topic. I've been to many town halls and visiting communities. There's a new topic or a new position that is being brought to our city, and it's very important. It's almost like in regards, um, I don't know, Damon, we can get, I almost want to call it like the precinct captain years ago. They kind of be the, the liaison between the constituents and the offices that they serve around them in the wards. But before we go any further, we have Mr. Damon Smith joining us. Damon, I need you to unmute your microphone, if you would, please. And then, thank you. And we have Max. Pronounce your last name for me, Max. Uh, Bever, like beverage. <laughs> All right, not a challenge, Max Bever. So let me say this: Max is representing the Chicago Board of Elections. I appreciate you both. Let's just get into the business of serious business. We are a few. I mean, we can almost turn the hourglass up. We're almost a few days away from the 2023 primary election in Chicago, and um. It's not been an easy task just getting to this point. But each of you represent um, a department that I definitely know will be engaging and very informative to our viewership and listeners. And so I just want to start off with you, Max. First of all, let's get an update on the Board of Elections where we stand and early voting. Let's let's dive into that. What can you bring us up to date on that at this moment? Sure thing. And this is a situation where I'm happy to share good news comparatively to our 
2022 elections that had lower than expected turnout. But as of right now, we've got really good early voting and vote by mail turnout so far for this upcoming municipal election. Municipal hmm. elections in the city of Chicago generally are some of the lowest turnout that we see, or we have seen for the last two decades. It hovers around 36%. In 2011, we had 42%. But the amount of uh, votes that have been coming back so far and how quickly they've been coming back are very encouraging. So as of last night, uh, Tuesday the 21st, we've had over 73,000 vote-by-mail ballots come back already, and we've had nearly 59,000 early votes for over 132,000 votes cast so far in the city. So if we can compare that to where we were at a week out from the election in 2019 and 2015, both of those elections had about 57,000 ballots cast, that we're at 132,000 ballots cast, that we're more than double, that we're almost becoming triple, shows that people are turning out in bigger numbers than they have had in the previous decade. Mm -hmm. Well, that's pretty impressive, I'll tell you. So what do you think that NG is that we're coming out in these numbers? What do you think that drive is? What, what are we bringing, how are our numbers increasing? What has been the momentum, would you think, of the voters? Well, I'm sure going to cross my fingers and uh, hope that that means that we're looking for a very big turnout on Election Day. Um, over the last few elections, we've seen that about 25% of voters vote by mail, 25% of voters early vote, and 50% of voters still wait to vote on Election Day. And that's even truer for municipal elections because there's less of a campaign season. It's a nonpartisan election. There's mm -hmm. always so much time for voters to make up their mind. So uh, we do expect a lot more early votes to keep coming in over this next week and for Election Day. But what we know for right now is, is that lots of people, more than has been in previous elections, have already made up their mind and have already gotten out to the polls or have already cast their votes. Now, when we take a look, what's really been driving a lot of this turnout so far, it's really been our vote-by-mail voters. And a lot of those are our permanent vote-by-mail roster voters, too. The permanent vote-by-mail roster is a program that was created by Illinois legislators uh, just a couple of years back uh, that uh, many voters have been taking advantage of in Chicago. Over 120,000 are signed up for this. But those are the voters that receive their ballot in the mail ahead of every election. So they don't have to request it. They don't have to fill out a form. They right. don't have to do anything else. They can just expect it coming to their mailbox. And they're the first voters to get their ballot in the city. And so far, we've seen many of those voters are the first ones to return it, too. Wow. Well, I'm encouraged. Now, let's talk about, oh, my goodness, this, the redistricting. I can, I can say the redistricting. I'm saying I have so many people who are, still not informed. So that's why it's important. I tell people to please get your mail from the Board of Elections to know what's happening. But tell us about the redistricting and how is it affecting um, new voters, if you would, or those longtime voters who knew they would always go to the same locations year after year. And now something has changed. Thank you, Claire. I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, 2022, uh, last year, a lot of changes happened for voters. Uh, this is the once-in-a-decade redistricting process that happens after every U.S. Census. And so last year, uh, the Chicago City Council passed a new ward map in May 2022. And uh, what the Chicago Board of Elections has to do is actually put all the voters in those new wards ahead of even this election. We had to do it for November. So in November, during the general election, all the Chicago voters were already voting in their new wards. They were voting in their new precincts, but they weren't voting for city officials yet. They were voting for governor. They were voting for 
uh, their local officials that way. So mm -hmm. the good news for the February 28th municipal election is we're not changing a lot anymore. Uh, a lot of those changes, a lot of those polling place changes happened ahead of November. Heading into February, voters are already within their new uh, wards. 95% uh, of polling places have not changed from November to February. So if you voted in November, you're very, very likely voting in the same place uh, on election day that you did back in November. However, we do know that you know uh, voters uh, are still learning that they're within a new ward. Um, mm -hmm. But what happens is that we have to put voters in these new wards because all of these older people, uh, all of these local candidates are running for these new maps, are running within these new districts. They're running to be the new aldermen moving forward, uh, representing the, the maps uh, as they were passed in 2022. So mm -hmm. uh, we do recommend that voters uh, please uh, go to chicagoelections.gov, go to the Your Voter Information page, enter your name, enter your information. You'll find the ward that you're in. You'll find the precinct that you're in. You'll find your assigned precinct polling place on election day, but you'll also find more information for early voting and voting by mail. I know that this is airing on Thursday. Uh, it's still not too late to vote by mail on Thursday, the 23rd. The deadline is 5 p.m. So if you're still looking to vote by mail, you've got until the 23rd at 5 p.m. to do so. You can go to chicagoelections.gov. We've also got early voting sites that are open through Monday uh, and before Election Day. And we've got even another convenience for voters on Election Day, too. 51 of those early voting sites, all of those ward voting sites and our super site downtown in Clark and Lake are also going to be open on Election Day from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. So on Election Day, you've got two choices as a voter. You can go to your assigned precinct polling place. That's your neighborhood polling place. Show up anytime between 6 a.m. and 7 p.m. and cast your ballot. Or if that's not convenient for you, if you're working downtown, you're working at a different location, you can go to also one of these vote centers because no matter where you live in the city, you can use any of those sites to vote. If you live in the first ward and you want to go vote in the 50th ward, uh, either early voting or one of these vote centers, you can do so. So we do appreciate the amount of convenience that these sites have for voters. But we also know that voters love their local precinct polling places on election day. Just make sure that you check which one you need to go to ahead of time. And you can do that by going to our website or give us a call at 312-269-7900. And we'll look that up for you on the spot. Whew, I appreciate you. This is great information. And that's very important. I know some people who are out of town, i.e. I was almost one of them. But those who live in Chicago, if you want to early vote and you can still do it by mail, what's that deadline again, Max? So you can still apply to vote by mail Thursday, February 23rd until 5 p.m. Go to our website at chicagoelections.gov or give us a call. We can uh, get you a, a paper ballot or a paper form to fill out. But online's the easiest at this point. And uh -huh. again, you know, uh, a lot can still happen with our weather in Chicago. It's February. Uh, you know, it's been generally mild, but who knows? There can be, uh, you know, the type of uh, snow or blizzard that we see on election day. Right. So uh, please, if you've got the opportunity and you've made up your mind with your candidates, we do recommend uh, try early voting, going to one of these sites, any of the sites that are more convenient for you and uh -huh. do it a little bit sooner rather than later. Once we get to this weekend, that's when we start to see some of our lines form at our early voting sites. However, for election day, um, we do expect that there hopefully won't be the same type of lines that people saw in November. There's a couple of reasons for that. This is a simpler ballot. It's only one page. People are voting on five offices and including a whole new municipal office, a new municipal office that was created for the first time in over a century. And I know Reverend Smith is here to discuss a lot more about that office. 
but comparatively November where people had two pages of ballots, all those retention judges they had to get through. Yeah. Uh, they were using Sharpies at that point that presented some problems for us. Well, for February 28th, it's a one-page ballot. We don't have Sharpies anymore. There's going to be no bleed through on ballots or paper ballots that might present any concerns for people. So we do hope on election day, if you are voting, you know, not first thing in the morning or late, where we do know that some lines generally form, it'll be a quick experience for voters. Uh, I just early voted on Monday myself. It really only took me four minutes. You can get in and get out as long as you've made your choices. And uh, hopefully that's a convenient experience for voters, both before and on election day. And then give out the number one more time because we're going to be putting this on multiple markets as well uh, after our broadcast. Absolutely. If voters have any questions and they want to give us a call to talk about it or to look up your precinct polling place or to find your most convenient early voting site, give us a call at 312-269-7900. All right. Fantastic. Well, Max, you've been extremely thorough. I'm very excited. Um, more importantly, I'm just glad that you took the time because we need to hear from those who are helping us to place our votes the right way. And all the conveniences, there should be not one person. And I'm gonna repeat what one of my favorite seniors says, 100% turnout, 100% voter participation. So we're gonna pray for that. But we're doing good, Chicago, but we got a lot of more work to do. Thank you so much, Max, for joining us today. Thanks, Claire. If you give me one more before I have to leave, yes. I really, really like that tagline because it's true and it's never been more convenient to vote in Illinois. And there's one more thing if you're talking to anybody that gives you the excuse that says, I'm not registered to vote yet, I recently moved, I didn't update my information, we've got what's called same-day registration in Illinois and in the city of Chicago. So if you are eligible to vote, if you're 18 years old, if you're a U.S. citizen, uh, if you live within the city of Chicago, you are eligible to vote. And if you've got two IDs, one with your current address on them, you can still get registered to vote or you can update your address or if you've recently changed your name or got married, don't worry about it. You can still vote. Just go to any early voting site or go to your precinct polling place on election day with those two forms of ID. They're going to get you registered or get you updated and then you can vote on the spot. Wow. No excuse. No excuse. No excuse. No excuse. No excuse. And it's, it's, it's very critical. And you provided as much as you can, except for we voting at home and you taking my ballot to the place. So you've done everything. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Max. Um, as I said, I'll be sharing this to multiple platforms. And I hope that just your time today was very helpful to those who are listening and viewing today. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate the invite. And we're happy to talk in the future because we've got another election coming up on April 4th. Yeah, there will be a runoff. Trust me. There, there will, will be, be a runoff. runoff. Yes. <laughs> but thank All you right. so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Very informative. So important. I can't wait to our senior community and our other two stations that are going to be sharing this. will get this to the community. It's critical. It's very, very critical. So everyone, this is my brother. We've known each other for many years. He's been everywhere you want to be in regards to positivity movement and uh, also sends a beautiful message in the morning. Always Reverend Damon Smith. How are you this beautiful day? I'm great, Sister Claire. How you doing this morning? Good to see you. I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. So as I'm going through some communication, I see your face mm -hmm. and your name. 
I said, well, whatever Damon Smith is doing, I need to know about it and let's hear about it. So there's a new position. I want to say the title correctly, but if you would tell us about this new position that's going to be very impactful to creating a unity or more unity, more unity between our constituents, the city of Chicago police and all that stuff that comes with it. Would you explain Absolutely. that? Absolutely. So first of all, Claire, thank you so much for having me on today. And yeah, Max and I have been talking to uh, through the through the last few months, particularly because they've had to add um, these elected positions onto the ballot. So, they're, kudos to them for pulling this off for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am Damon Smith. I am the deputy director for district councils, and the agency that I work for is the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability. And this is a new commission that was created um, in 2021. Um, by the city of Chicago, the mayor's office, and the, and the aldermen uh, to create a new level of accountability, community-based accountability for public safety and accountability in all 22 districts here in the city of Chicago. For the first time ever, the community will have direct input on how policing should look, should feel, and should be done in their police districts across the city of Chicago. Wow. Um, and that's something that's never been done before. And so what makes this very unique, these new positions that you were talking about earlier, every police district in the city of Chicago will have three elected members to a district council, a Chicago police district council. Uh-huh. And those individuals have to run for office and they are on your ballot. They are on your mail-in ballot, your early voting ballot, and they are on your ballot for election day. And you only have to vote for three of them. Um, so there may be six candidates, there may be two candidates and four writing candidates, <coughs> excuse me, or there may be seven listed candidates. It doesn't matter. You just pick the top three that you want, and the top three vote getters will become your district council members. And these are elected positions, positions from people, residents of the districts of where mm-hmm. you live, who will have input in developing policing strategies, alternative strategies, social justice practices, um, alternative policing strategies, um, output uh, programs, having meetings, etc., designing how policing works in your district. So we are very excited. We are extremely excited about this opportunity. The communities should be very excited because they're going to have input on how policing is done in their districts and build relationships with their police district leadership. So make things a little bit better for all the citizens and residents uh-huh. of the city of Chicago. You know, um, Recently, I was at a meeting with one of my favorite um, community engagement partners, the Co-Policy Coalition, and they had three candidates there. Mm -hmm. And the primary, and I mean primary, two topics were one, safety, and two, mental health. (coughs) Without question. I mean, and so I really liked the way each of those persons were able to talk about their way of engaging the community that they're there to serve. And so I know, as I told people, I would love to see what happens in Indianapolis because I also work there as well. And on their emergency line or their information line, the second prompt is press two for mental health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would be great in the city of Chicago because when there was an event that happened um, in Indianapolis, I think at a warehouse plant, the police did not have to go and resolve the mental health piece to the families. The mental health department connected with the police department went 
engaged the families to see if their loved ones okay and kept them comforted while the police had to do their job. And so I think that was a that's a look that I would love to have Chicago have because our police officers, they doing a lot. And it's not an easy task. So what uh, is the anticipation? What can you say um, maybe that they can all unifiedly do together? Um, it's not a, I mean, it's a new, it's new. So you know how we are about new. We're going to make our comments. Do we, do we have constituent nights with him? Are they part of the alderman's meetings or where will they serve? What is that connection between them and this, the, the constituents of the wars that they're serving? So the beauty, the beauty of this commission, the beauty of the district councils and the beauty of the commissioners is that for the first time, this is police accountability and public safety that is 100% totally independent of the alder's office, of the mayor's office, of the committee's office, of the police department. So what does that mean? That means essentially by, by law, the ordinance says that the district council members must have monthly meetings in their police district. So that is the opportunity for the residents of that district. Notice I said residents, don't yeah. even have to be a citizen, residents. If they have ideas, if they have questions, if they have uh, uh, recommendations to improve policing, huh. like mental illness, mental health, mental illness checks, health checks. Uh, maybe there's some alternative to arresting strategies. Uh, maybe there's some more programs that need to happen between the youth or the seniors and the police department in their district. If there are opportunities to meet uh, the district leadership, et cetera, they can come to a monthly meeting and make those recommendations, write up the plan and process, uh -huh. and the district will do them. Wow. There is no middle person. There's no alder meeting that has to happen. There's no, uh, you know, long drawn out process. The community can demand what it wants to have happen um, to improve policing in their district. Now, depending on what the programs are, they may require some funding or they may require experts to come in to provide some, some added resources. We have mechanisms in place to mm -hmm. make that happen as well. So it all depends on how well the residents want to be engaged with their district councils. The district councils must meet with the community and district leadership every month. Then at some point, twice or four times a year, all of the district council representatives meet together to look at best practices, what's working, what's not working, yes. where do we need to make improvements, what areas need what resources, which resources, et cetera. And then annually, the district council members meet with the commissioners of this commission to make recommendations, to make suggestions, things that need to be looked at on a citywide level. So mm. those can be put in place as well. So this has, and I don't mean this negatively, but this is totally uh, separate from the older person's office. Yes. This is totally separate from the superintendent's office. This is strictly from the community, for the community, by the community. Now, those running, is there a um, experience requirement? To be a resident? No, no. For for the persons who chose to run, what 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 kind of attributes is going to make a good council person? That depends to each single police district resident, <laughs> right? Because each district needs different resources. Yeah. So <laughs> the residents will decide who is best to suit and represent them. So I could have ran. Yes. Oh, okay. Note to self. No. But I understand that. I, I, I'm just saying some people, I mean, I've talked to a few, some of them have some, some career backgrounds, you know, that are really great in serving communities or from civic organizations. But I was wondering, was there a requirement or, you know, a, a 
just, I know the job description is one thing, but is where special requirements that you were looking for for the for persons to fill those positions. And so let me be clear, <clears throat> I am not, and the commission is not looking for the the community are looking for representatives to best represent them exactly. and what they want to get done. Now, like after election day, they are elected on May of May, February twenty eighth, and they are inaugurated on May second. So mm -hmm. in between that time, all the district council members will be going through an extensive training on how to do their job. Uh -huh. So do not worry. We will not leave them out there alone trying to figure this out. We will provide them with all the necessary resources they need. We'll give them the legal jargon and the vocabulary. We'll give them access to data resources. We'll give them access on contact lists and all the mechanisms and, and how to do their job. So don't worry, we won't, we won't leave them out there. That's why first, they have to be representative of the communities where they live. Mm -hmm. Second, they'll be going through an extensive training over the course of three days on how to do their job. And then they'll get started May 2nd. I love. It. Okay, that's that, that works well. So this was position was created. Why would you feel there was a need for this? I mean, city of Chicago's pretty big, and you know, a lot of people say they're advocating. Why do we have to put this position in our city um government now? Sure. Well, <clears throat> community input on public safety and accountability has actually been is actually an old idea. It started mm -hmm. about 50 some odd years ago. Um, and what had essentially happened was there's just been this broad stroke approach to police accountability. And there's also been police accountability that many of the people of the city of Chicago felt like did not respond to their needs, did not respond to what they'd figured was fair and equitable justice and accountability and safety, mm -hmm. right? And so what has finally happened, even though there is COPA, even though there's CAPS, even though there is a police board, they're, all of those organizations are from the top down, right? They're from the mayor's office or they're from the superintendent's office or they're from so-called experts' offices. This is from the community up, right? This is from the people who live with these officers who are patrolling their districts. And how do they want to be policed? Because every situation does not require someone to be arrested or does not require tasing or does not require handcuffs. It may be a mental illness challenge. It may be someone having a bad day or a series of events that just keep piling on them. And then they reach a point where they just can't take it anymore. That does not necessarily mean that police have to respond. And if they do, they do not have to respond so aggressively. But the police officers may not know that because they don't have that relationship uh -huh. with the community. The district council members are gonna help build those relationships with the officers with the district leadership, with the community, so that everyone kind of understands who the people are, that these are people who are maybe just having bad days or maybe having a bad experiences or don't know what's happening and may need other resources than being locked up. That's not always the solution. Yes. And it's better for that information to come from the community than to be open to interpretation from higher-ups who don't even live in the community that they're policing. Great explanation. So the term that we're using when we are on about it, what are we looking for? What, I mean, what does it say? So you're looking for district council members or or police district council members. Okay. And it will be after the five elected positions, the mayor, the alder, the treasurer, the clerk. Um, and after that will be your district council representatives. And you must vote for three people, um, three individuals. Even if individuals are running as a slate, you still have to select each name individually, and the top three vote getters will be your district council members. 
Wow, that's beautiful. Well, I'm I'm very encouraged. I like the explanation and your, your thoroughness because I have clarity now and many others will too. And you know what? Sometimes we, we don't know, we just skip over it on the ballot. So exactly. you must. We need exactly. we need you to now listen to this information and place your vote. Please do Absolutely. so. Please, please, please. So um, anything in closing that you would like to offer Reverend Smith? Uh, one thing I just want to offer is that this is an opportunity for every Chicagoan to have input on how policing is done in their district. Uh -huh. right? That is something that has never been done before. And now we have this opportunity. So, yes, you are electing three representatives, but the three representatives represent you. And they will have monthly meetings and they need you, the public, the residents to come and participate, to shift, to shape, to design to improve and perhaps even change how policing is done in their district. Yeah. And let's take advantage of this opportunity while we have it, because this is going to be here for you know, the rest of our lives and something that's never been done before. So let's use this power to our benefit. Absolutely. So everyone, I just want to say that the election is on February 28th. Go to chicagoelections.gov. The number is 312-269-7900. If you have any questions at all, everything is uploaded to our website. It's clarahubbard.org slash voting. Everything. If you need us, we will be glad to assist you. Please do not be um, hesitant to call or ashamed of your question. I'm sure somebody else needs the answer to. So let's. we're here to serve you, and that's our intent. And we want you to place your ballot and vote comfortably and be informed. So that's our mission and that is our goal. So you've been awesome as always, Damon Smith. I appreciate you. God bless you and your family. And um, everyone stay tuned for this new announcement. It's gonna be on the ballot. We're gonna give you further details again. This will play on multiple media outlets, but let me just say in complete darkness, we're all the same. It is only our knowledge and wisdom that separate us. Don't let your eyes deceive you. I've been your granddaughter in the community, Claire Hubbard. It's been a pleasure to serve you and thank you for making us a part of your day. And we will see you next time on Senior Talk with Claire Hubbard. Thank you.